if you've got a product that you, I think you should test the product out and see if you can sell it before you even necessarily enter it all the way. You can build some, you can get your license if you want, but don't, don't invest too much. See if you've got something that's got some traction. And if it does run with it, people want stuff. People want to buy from the maker. So if you can make something that people want, then, then, then give it to them. I think you find some of the best baking happening at the cottage level these days. This is the Sourdough Podcast, the show about the innovators, leaders, and creative trailblazers in our sourdough community and the stories behind the bread. On this episode of the Sourdough Podcast, Josh Berger of Josh Fox Bread joins me to talk about his cottage bakery journey. Josh talks about the importance of maintaining a healthy starter and shares tips for new sourdough bakers as well as aspiring cottage bakers. He tells us about his biggest personal influences and describes his vision for the future of Josh Fox Bread. Don't forget to check out the Sourdough Podcast website shop where you can find the Sourdough Podcast t-shirt and the one-of-a-kind Sourdough Podcast UFO Lom handcrafted by Tyler at the Wire Monkey Shop. This season of the podcast, each of my guests will be receiving one of these beautiful walnut lums emblazoned with the Sourdough Podcast logo. And now you too can score with style and help support the podcast at the same time. So be sure to head on over to the sourdoughpodcast.com to shop, find other baking resources like books, recipes, and links to useful products. And of course, don't forget to check out the last two seasons of episodes featuring people from all around our sourdough community. And one last plug, Tyler at the Wire Monkey Shop has started a fund to help support bakers in need. Money donated will go to bread bakers who are in financial duress due to the coronavirus using Instagram as an outreach platform. With your generous support through your UFO lawn purchases, the Sourdough Podcast was able to contribute $240 to this fund. So please consider helping out if you can. You can find more information at Tyler's Instagram account, Wire Monkey Shop. Don't forget to stick around after the episode for more music from Weston Perry. You can find more of his music and videos on his Instagram account at Weston Perry Music or for purchase wherever you download music. And now, here's my interview with Josh Berger. My guest today is Josh Berger. Josh is the baker behind Josh Fox Bread, a cottage baker. He started from his home in Arcata, California in 2015. Josh is one of my bread icons and has a reputation for baking amazing bread and being generous with his advice and knowledge. He's kindly agreed to join me after a long bake day to talk about sourdough, cottage bakeries, and life. Uh, Josh, thank you so much for talking with me tonight. Yeah, thanks for having me, Mike. Yeah, I know you're getting up super early tomorrow. Uh, what's what's your schedule tomorrow? Uh, bake days, I usually well, like try and try and wake up around three thirty, three forty-five, and get the first load of the oven around four. Wow! So yeah, well, I'll, hopefully we, we you know we won't be talking until midnight tonight. Um, no, no. <laughs> I'll keep it to an hour. So uh, it's not like I can go to bed early anyway, though. So <laughs> well, hey, first off, I you know to address the elephant in the room, you know, how are you doing with the uh, the pandemic, uh, the COVID? uh flu that's going around how's that affecting you you know on a personal level and and i guess secondly you know how's that affected your cottage bakery well um on a personal level it's been pretty mild up here in humboldt but it's still you know it's the beginning 
we don't know very much and <clears throat> we've taken good measures, but like, I don't know, whenever they like, I can't remember the exact day. It was probably about, probably been about a month. There was a bake day where people were coming where all of a sudden people were talking and I, I like closed it because people used to come into my home mm-hmm. and that's how they, they'd come, you know, they'd order their bread. I'd have treats. The treats go on my counter. They come in. I, I give them their bread. They choose their treats. It goes in the bag. They go home. Everyone's had they hand me cash. I give them change. Yeah. Instantly, I, I put a board up on my door and said, I'm going to meet them at the door with a bag of their yeah. stuff to be bagged. Mm-hmm. And then the following day, I had it where they didn't even get to my door. I put a cart out in my like the front of my porch. So now that I could put a bag down on the porch and I'm wearing a mask and I'm wearing gloves and then they can come to the cart after I've left it to come get their bread and they can add pastries. But everything that I'm making is uh, wrapped up. So. Yeah, um, I thought I was going to lose a bunch of business. To be honest uh-huh. with you, uh, it's been quite busy actually. So yeah, save that. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I've, I've had I'm, a similar experience. Like surprisingly, yeah, a lot more interest. People are hungry. Yeah, like a lot of old customers have spawned. A lot of new customers have also shown up, and my my regular community that is so supportive has found a way to continue coming for the most part. Some of them haven't, but have a lot of them wanted to do the, you know, give me money as a gift card. And I just told them it didn't make any, just didn't make any sense to me as solving the problem. Oh, so that's awesome. Though. I appreciated it, but yeah. I was like, I'll just have to give it back to you. So, uh, you know, I, <laughs> so, but then my, I'm from New York, so I've got family back on the other side that are in the thick of it all. So that's a, that's the weird. Yeah. Mental, oh yeah. yeah. But they're okay. Yeah. So, yeah, well, that's that's good to hear. It's odd times, as you as we all know. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, you know, and I, I've again, I, I've I've had a slightly, you know, I just started my cottage bakery like a few weeks ago, like yeah. just before <laughs> I started, and so I was like starting to wonder, like, oh, I'm, I'm starting to have like this, you know, uh, dilemma of like, am I making, am I profiting off of this? Is it is sure, it, you know? But it, I, I think it's actually come like organically, just like word of mouth and stuff. But I think. Uh, yeah, it's got to be slightly um, due to people not finding bread or flour in the supermarkets or just not wanting to go to the supermarkets, you know? It's it's a smaller footprint to go to you, and then it, it's it's locally made. I think people are, like, into the knowing that it's not from somewhere else. Yeah, <laughs> you know, no, right totally. Now. Mm-hmm. Um, less hands. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. It's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. less hands. So mm-hmm. I think I definitely, you know... I think it's the safer route, you know, like I've been doing a curbside drop off with the you know, mask and gloves and meeting people at the car versus again. Yeah. Like you said, not coming to my door anymore or, or inside the house sure. for sure. So that was, that was, that was step one, keep the yeah. people from coming inside and then figure this whole thing out. But it's been sort of like weirdly beautiful. <laughs> no, so. I agree. I agree. It's like kind of, been a cohesive thing for 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 my little bread community here it's a rare occasion we all have the same exact problem that's true yeah very very true well kind of rewind a little bit tell you where i you know how i first learned about you um i think the first time i actually heard your name or the name of your bakery was during my interview with bonnie o'hara of alchemy bread who you know she, she doesn't live very far from me in modesto um okay that was back in. I'm a fan. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was back in 2018, and I've been following you ever since. And I know you and Bonnie have been friends for a while. Um, you know, she mentioned, and I don't think she'll mind if I share this, but you know, she just said, you know, he's a he's a super generous guy with all of his advice. And you know, when she got her Rothko, you were you know one of the first people to like 
shout shout out at her, give her a message, you know, giving her lots of advice and giving her bakery setup advice. And, you know, and she said, you know, whatever I see as product, I'm, she says, that's like her goal, you know, has read oh. really good in that sense. So uh, I think that's pretty high, high praise. Um, I feel the same about Bonnie. <laughs> so. Yeah, well, I couldn't agree more, you know, and, and as someone who follows a lot of bakers and, and bread accounts on Instagram, um, yeah, I mean, I also think of your bread as, as that kind of like ideal to strive for and in terms of quality and, and craftsmanship. And so, you know, you've been on my list for a while to have on the podcast, and I'm definitely stoked to have you on for this season, especially uh, as it's dedicated to the cottage baker. So, uh, yeah, thanks, the- thanks again for coming on. Oh, I appreciate it. Yeah, we're the, the the new breed. Some of us are, you know, new bakers, like uh, I think yourself, and others of us are uh, pros that have turned to the cottage industry. So, mm. but I think it's a it's an interesting. I think you find some of the best baking happening totally. in, in at the cottage level these days too. So it's pretty pretty fun. Yeah. Well, yeah. Let, tell me a little bit more about your background. I, you said you're from New York originally. Uh, yep. You have a professional background. Um, yeah. Uh, tell us. Tell us about. You know, uh, life prior to Josh Fox Bakery. Okay. I uh, grew up in Westchester, New York, which is like a, an hour north of New York City, where that's where my, my parents are both from New York City, um, suburbia. Um, I became a fish head at 16. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that carried on for many years. I went to a couple colleges uh, for basic stuff. And then I moved out to here in 2000. Uh, going for a bachelor's degree in computers or whatever, but I kind of didn't get there Mm -hmm. because I was more interested in being in California. Mm. So then I moved back home. But, you know, when I first at my first college in upstate New York, I started cooking a lot and baking in my uh, first off-campus apartment. And the first thing I baked was Hala. And uh, that was the beginning of it all. And I kept going with that. And uh, so I finally went home and just convinced the baker to hire me and teach me stuff, which led wow. to another baking job who taught me more stuff. And then I bought the Le Cordon Bleu professional baking and kind of learned what I could by looking at a book. Mm-hmm. Um, got really into barbecue and the when barbecue started coming on in the, I don't know, it must have been 2004-ish area. And I worked for a barbecue restaurant, was smoking and whatever. Then I went to the French Culinary Institute for pastry arts. Okay. And I always planned on moving back here because I fell in love with Arcade the first time I was here. And so like literally like a week after I graduated, I was on my way here and I already I had already called all the local bakeries and, and had a few leads towards a job. So and that and I've been here and then I worked for two different bakeries here. Um and then towards the tail end of working for one of the bakeries, I was kind of getting bored. It was all, it was cool. We had a mill, which is what got me into whole grain baking. Mm, And I didn't really know it in the beginning of my tenure there. I knew we were milling our whole grains, but I didn't think a whole lot of it. Yeah. But as my time went on, I realized that that was, because we were making a lot of basic yeasted breads, but people were coming for it. Yeah. It was turning on. I became the manager. This was the first bakery I, I became the manager of. And I started managing it. And we took it from, you know, this tiny little thing in the middle of Lolita to, not huge, but a, a farm, a, a bakery that was competing with the big bakeries around here. Mm-hmm. And uh, but then things fell apart. <laughs> Anywho, before they fell apart, I got bored of the non-sourdough aspect of it and started getting into it on my own. And so on Friday nights, which led to my weekend, I'd make a dough at the bakery, bring it home with me, 
finish it up, stash it in my fridge. I got big stones for my home oven and the lava rocks and the towels <laughs> on one side all soaked in water. And I'd sit up for like at four in the morning until like like 10 in the morning and bake like six loaves of my bread <laughs> and, and bring it down to the farmer's market and trade with the farmers. You had a little, little side gig going on. And it got real fun because I was trading with, you know, I, I, some of my customers today are people that I traded for cheese with and they're still buying bread for me to this day. Oh, that's so, awesome. and that, so that's kind of where Josh box was, you know, born a bit. And then, cause once this bakery closed, I didn't have a job. And uh. so I kept baking, but I started baking for, and people wanted it. People heard about mm. it. So it was, but I couldn't bake a lot of bread cause mm-hmm. I didn't have the Rothko. Mm-hmm. And then eventually I decided to borrow money so that I can, I, I stared at the Rothko and the, what's the other one they sell at Pleasant Hill. Um, I, I forget know. it. Nobody buys it. It's much more expensive. The house. Uh, okay. But I'd always daydreamed of one of those things and finally just, you know, saw people using the Rothko on Instagram and then did it uh-huh. and then started a bakery. Yeah. Yeah. Kitchen. <laughs> well, what, you, well, you said that, uh, you know, you're the baker that you'd worked for and it's not, you've been in the, the bread scene in Arcata for a while. It sounds like I uh, baked for a bakery before that bakery too. So I got wow. here in 2006. Okay. And I was working at these bakeries until 2014. Wow. Yeah. So eight years. But you said, you said the bakeries that you worked for, they, you know, they didn't really focus on sourdough bread or that was you used to bread. The first one did. Okay. Oh, okay. okay. The first one was a, an amalgamation of, I don't know if I'm supposed to say this, you can cut it if you want, but it was kind of a, they kind of have a line of bread that's akin to Acme baking out of San Francisco. Uh huh. So it's some yeasted. French breads, and then there's also sourdough breads. I worked for them for four years, and then I worked for this other bakery that was coming, kind of came out of nowhere. And we had, I think, and we only had one. We had like one sourdough loaf, and then the rest of the bread might have had culture in it, but they all had yeast. Mm-hmm. So. Well, what's I'm curious, you know, what what was it about sourdough? Do you think that kind of drew you to towards it and uh, wanting to kind of focus exclusively on it, and, and yeah, and even make it the basis for your bakery? Well, I actually use yeast in my bakery too, but at the time I wanted to like hone in on, on the naturally leavened breads because mm-hmm. making yeasted breads, I was, was, had become quite not, I don't want to say easy, but you know, I, I, I had a good understanding for a lot of the yeasted breads. So I wanted to go get a deeper understanding of using a culture and the flavor that you, you know, it. the flavor you get when you start making mm-hmm. sourdough breads is untouchable. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the milling was actually turned into being, you know, as soon as I moved home and couldn't go back to the bakery, I, I, I bought a Nutri mill, which is, you know, not maybe not the right kind of mill, but I knew I needed fresh flour. So, mm-hmm. yeah, or at least so you, fresh whole grains. Yeah. And so you started your bakery in, in 2015. Did I get that right? Yes. 2015. 2015. Yeah. Well, you know, and I've been kind of watching you got you uh, maybe for the last couple years. Um grow your business and and i think what really uh blows me away is your menu and just how diverse and um full it is it's just you know you got some amazing breads on your menu and i love that you post it all on facebook for everybody to see and people like me to imitate (laughs) and you know some of it I can't pronounce, but i'm gonna let me read some of your breads real quick just some of the ones i read uh bird Sarnamon Raison, Rosemary Focaccia, F-O-X, 
Kasha. That's coined by a customer. That okay. A long time ago. <laughs> I just ran with it. Uh, Pande Champagne, Felone, Campagne, Felone, uh, Red, White, and Blue. Uh, so you just got you got such an amazing like spread going on all the time, changing all the time. Um, I guess my question is, how did you how did you create your menu? And one of my listener questions uh, from Levian Loaf is. Uh, how are you able to offer so many amazing varieties in such a small space? Well, each each bake I only offer three to four breads, mm-hmm. so I'm cycling through my you know however many formulas I have based on their des- you know the desirability of it of customers and uh, and how they fit into the tiny bakery I have. I can't just do all of my bread as cold proofed you know sourdough breads because I don't have enough retarder for that. So. Mm. Um, and so basically I have a section of bread that gets baked in pans, which has just slowly grown into a bunch of varieties. Um, when I really, really started and I didn't have a lot of space and I wasn't using the Rothko, I started learning to make some of the German or European rye breads that were baked in tins. Cause I could bake them two days ahead of the bake and still sell them. And they were actually, you know, mm. prime for the eating at that point. So it was another good, good way to make another thing for my customers. Um, and then like, I mean, a lot of the, when I say spelt country or Coors and, you know, or, or yeah. the whole wheat sour, I mean, basically a lot of the difference in most of those breads is just the whole grain that I'm using. And I'm just focusing on a country style sourdough bread that has a percentage of white wheat or it has a mm-hmm. percentage of Coors or whatever it might be. So yeah. I don't know. And then there's been inspiration, you know, I bake, you know, Pond Foyer is based on some video I watched long ago about this mm-hmm. French baker that made this bread and I kind of found a formula and ran with it. And yeah. so I still call it that. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. And no, I just, I love that you, you kind of put that out there and, you know, I, I'm scrolling through your feed and I see something about, you know, a certain bread that you're making that's got this, you know, 40% cores and wheat. And I'm like, Oh, you know, it just make gets my, my, my brain spinning and thinking about things I could do differently. And, uh, ways I can incorporate different grains and and so and you know it's just it's something that you put out there for everybody to see kind of like you know uh, just you know versus you know keeping all this top secret you know so I, I've always kind of really respected that and uh, I think that inspires a lot of people uh, sh- sharing is the only way we can all like keep learning all this stuff I don't know yeah there's no re- there's no real secrets it's all out there everywhere for everybody so why yeah. not share no, that's, yeah. yeah, I totally agree. Um, Alyssa C. Reyes asks if you had a favorite thing to bake. I see you making donuts and, and pretzels <laughs> in, in addition oh, to all this amazing sourdough. Uh, is it possible that you have something that you just like always look forward to making? Um, I really still love, like, as you probably understand, baking bread is like, it, it's the king of kings, but uh, I, I I wanted to be a pastry guy before I wanted to get into breads. Yeah. Breads just stole me away. So <laughs> I just don't have the beautiful hand of some like you. I always say I'd be a pastry chef's nightmare, but uh, <laughs> but I know how to make the fillings and some of the you know the parts and sort of you know I went to school for it, but I'm just not very good at making it super sharp. But I lo- I do enjoy like you know building building like entremets or little French cakes and stuff like like that. Those are always fun. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, can you describe a typical week at your cottage bakery? Um, are you baking for wholesale accounts? You know, how many, how many loaves a week are you baking? Um, okay. So my bake, if I do a full week, usually it works out. I take 
I bake Tuesdays and Fridays by reservation only. Mm. Um, usually every other Tuesday on average, it's not exactly that, but I don't bake. So it gives me a long weekend and just based on demand and stuff like that. But since I bake, you'll, well, you'll understand. So, so if I'm baking on a Tuesday, let's start, let's start on a Wednesday, um, mm -hmm. or on a Sunday that, so I'll prep on Sunday to decide what I'm baking for Tuesday. Um, mm -hmm mill whatever whole grains need to be milled you know do whatever prepping that needs to be prepped and then at the in the evening and you know build up my levans to that that are necessary and then at night do final builds for the morning yeah then monday i'd be doing mixing all my doughs throughout the course of the morning figuring out what pastry i'm making i've probably already figured it out but you know incorporating whatever add-on pastries that i'm going to be incorporating for the people and Usually I bake my pan bread that that day or in the, in the later part of that day because just that's how it works out mm -hmm. and they, they have good shelf life. And then the following morning I wake up early. So like, uh, so it'd be Tuesday and start baking at four. Usually I have basically the way it works out is I'll have one bread that is cold proofed, like, you know, the typical country sourdough or something to that effect. Uh, there'll be two oven loads worth of those. And then I'll have two different types of bread, usually about two oven loads of each that are cold bulked. So I'll pull them staggered in, in oven loads worth and shape them mm. throughout this morning. So it's a very staggered morning, but then there's mm -hmm. also pastry work going on. And then usually I'm done baking. Nowadays, I can't bake as much pastry because it needs to be pre-wrapped. I need time to bag the bread because of the COVID. So it's mm -hmm. made it mm -hmm. uh, harder for me to do additional items for people right now. Mm. Um, but usually before COVID, I'd be done baking around 2.30ish, take a break, and then people would come and pick up between 4 and 6. I'd clean up, and then, uh, and then I repeat that whole cycle to bake for Friday, and then I have Saturday off. Okay. Yeah. So, and then I take an extra, and then I take a long weekend every other week. Nice. That's, that's, so. I like, yeah, that sounds like a, a, a livable or manageable schedule. The, the two a day taking breaks every other week. It's Are like you... short day, full day, long day. Yeah. And then short day, full day, long day. Mm hmm. So, uh, mixed in with long walks at the beach with your dog. Yeah. Getting to the beach with the dog. <laughs> um, yeah. Whatever we can get out and do. Yeah. Those boss. Yeah. Yeah. Are you, um, are you baking for, uh, wholesale counts at all these days, or I thought I saw something about you uh, had a few counts or something at one point. I offer to a few different places that have used me on a regular. There's two restaurants that use me. One of them is not right now because they're doing a mm. different style of menu and they don't need the bread for their brunch. The other uh, Cafe Phoenix is still using my bread. They've 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 been using. We've been synergistic forever. If I have extra bread that doesn't get reserved, she takes it from me and uses it in the restaurant and oh that's and also, cool. yeah so that's great it's good yeah. Stuff. yeah it's good to know that it, it's going somewhere regardless yeah uh, but if it gets sold or not well that's cool um I'll it is hard to accommodate wholesale usually because uh, they yeah. they want very specific products that don't really always translate into cottage baking very well so. Yeah. Well, and that's something I've heard from a few of my guests that they've really had to weigh the decision if it's if it's worth their while to like take on a wholesale count. And, you know, even to the point where like a lot of people have said, you know, learn to say no a lot of the times where they, you know, just thought like taking on business no matter where it comes from is the is the key where, you know, making more, uh, I don't know, uh, 
educated, <laughs> you know, business decisions helps. You're better off not taking it on than having to to cancel it yeah. later on mm-hmm. because it's not working out. So, and they usually want rolls or they want, I don't know. They usually want things that are not necessarily uh big bakeries that have a bunch of hands can make those things where they become profitable. But when we're working by ourselves and don't yeah. have oven space, these things, I don't want to be, you know, I'm not trying to say, give me all the money, but I mean, it makes mm-hmm. it so we're almost like losing money making those rolls. So mm-hmm. anywho. Yeah. Well, you know, one of the things that I think, I guess, again, stands out about your bread when I think about Josh Fox bread it is, the you know the deep color of your crusts and they just you know they don't look like any else other bread i see out there and you know i wonder how many times people have asked you you know why is your bread burnt josh or uh, <laughs> i feel like you know i i prefer also that that kind of depth of color in my bread but I'm maybe too scared to like go that dark with my customers is that something you've had to like educate oh, your yeah. customers on there are and- people that find it burnt and will always will always want their bread to be lighter there's uh-huh. nothing you can do i don't know I, I i think that if you give it to them and and, and show them they they might find out that it's delicious and mm. that it's not dark but mm. i've had customers that stand by it and then there's certain customers that you know some customers like this bread some like that bread you could find out who's in i know which of my customers love that mm-hmm. it's one of my favorite parts of the bread is yeah is that mm-hmm. so well, yes, seems... I, I wish they'd use different word than burnt. <laughs> <laughs> Why is it dark is a much easier question to answer. Uh, uh-huh. But yeah. Um, here we go. You know, a lot of, I think there's a lot of uh, beginner sourdough bakers out there, especially, you know, since this pandemic kind of shut everybody up in their own, their homes. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, there's a lot of new interest in sourdough, lots of questions. Um what do you think is the biggest challenge for beginner sourdough bakers when it comes to producing a, a quality loaf? Um, hmm. the, the, a, a healthy starter and, and the understanding of what it's hard to understand what you need to achieve to get to that good loaf. You'll get mm. there, you know, from practicing. Sometimes I think people should start with a, with a, with a yeasted loaf, to be honest with you, just because mm. you'll <laughs> see, the effects of fermentation on a dough system mm. in a much shorter period of time. And you're not looking for the same thing in sourdough, but at least then you'd have this simpler basis to, I don't know. You'll, I don't know. I feel like you'd get there faster if you had, if you yeah. went the other way. Uh huh. Kind of a crash course. Yeah. But it's also about having a healthy starter. There's a bunch of groups around here on Facebook asking for questions. And, uh, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of false information that's shared about, starter keep and that's one of the biggest things to success and starter as i'm sure you've learned is the thing i think in the years that i've been studying sourdough is like most of it comes down to like keeping good care of your starter and Mm. using it at the appropriate times Mm -hmm. so i guess you know that kind of speaks to the level that maybe i'm at in my baking is is you know i just kind of I feed it a couple times before I, I get going and otherwise it's in the refrigerator. <laughs> and uh, I feel like maybe there's a little bit more of a... I challenge you to stop using the refrigerator for your starter. Really? Uh-huh. Yep. Why, what, what, do you think, what do you think that does and in, in how does that affect uh, the overall outcome? I, 
unless unless you're are you, you're not i'm imagining you're putting in the fridge just you have a key i'm imagining you keep a a, a liquid starter yeah 100 percent hydration okay. yeah and you probably don't dehydrate it when you put it in the fridge you're just putting your starter in there right yes okay which is fine this is something a lot of people do but i i feel like that's the beginning of like throwing off the the balance of of bacteria and yeast and then mm. at some point I mean, it'll always make bread and it's not like it'll be bad bread. I, I mean, I'm sure your bread is wonderful. So, mm-hmm. but I, I find, I found that if I just feed my starter, if I'm not going to make anything, I'll feed it once a day and that, and leave it at, at room temperature and then make sure that, you know, in, in advance of a baking day that I, you know, rebuilt with two builds a day at room temperature. And hmm. to me, I get a more um, predictable and, and good tasting breads. Okay. Then when I used to keep, I used to keep, we used to keep starter in the fridge too. I've done it. I find that it was definitely more predictable and, and it, and it tastes better in the end. So, yeah, well, I think that comes down to, you know, how, you know, for me now I'm just getting to the point with my cottage bakery where I'm, I'm baking twice a week. So I guess it would make more sense now, but before, you know, it would just be once a week maybe that I would bake. And so for me that, you know, it, it was, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. It doesn't make sense to feed it every day. Sure. But uh, yeah, no, I remember that was something I talked with Crystal White uh, Wayfair Bread about, you know, about feeding mm. my starter. And she's like, oh, have you ever fed it, you know, twice a day? And how did, what did you notice about the effect on it? I'm like, and I, I just, I guess my, my uh, perception or my, my intuition about my starter just wasn't that good yet. Where I, I'm like, I, you know, I could, to be honest, I couldn't tell you if the, what difference there was. when It I fed- made at the time. Yeah, you yeah. might see it now. Maybe. Yeah. Well, that's, that's a good challenge. I think maybe to something to incorporate. You wake my... up, you make a cup of coffee, you feed, you, I mean, yeah. you don't have to waste a lot of starter. You could feed your starter. I mean, my feeds, I, I bake, Oh, I didn't say it. So basically each bake, I bake between 80 and hundred loaves of bread. So okay, 160 to 200 loaves of bread a week, basically. And what, but when I'm doing a maintenance starter, it's 37 grams of water, mm. four grams of starter and 60 grams of, of flour. Hmm. Okay. So it's a hundred and, 10 grams or whatever of total starter that I keep that yeah. I can easily build up to make more bread. So you don't need to do a big build. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's always what I push people to do. Keep their starter out of the fridge. Okay. No, that's a good challenge. I think, I think that's something I'll, I'll try to do maybe this week. And if you really don't bake, like for someone that just didn't use it a lot, I'd say dehydrate it. Okay. And mm. then you can bring it back from dehydrated when you know you want to bake instead of throwing it in the fridge to just get really funky. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah, that's that's good. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's it's I think that's all. That's what it's about. You know, it's just kind of like, okay, here's here's where I'm at. This is my level of baking. What's the next step I could take? Well, how could I? What's the next step to making a better loaf? And that's that or get yourself yeah. a mill. That's yeah. always a a mill's totally worth having. Oh yeah, you know that I I did I got a mill uh, oh, a, com, a como a como bio mill. They sent me one. Cool. Uh, to try out and man, it's, it's, yeah, it's a, it's the, a staple in my, my bakery. That's where all my, my whole grains. Best flavor are. in my opinion, fresh flour, okay. fresh whole grains. So, yeah, no, that, I mean, and that was one thing I'm like instantaneously, I could tell an effect, you know, with the feeding a starter, maybe once or twice or three times a day, like I couldn't tell, but with milling whole grain, boom, that, I mean, you that saw just, a change. Oh Good. yeah. That brings a, a flavor profile that you just aren't going to get from store-bought packaged you know whole wheats and such for sure um 
I'm curious what, you know, that's like a beginner, maybe uh, you're saying should focus on, you know, developing their starter and getting a a sense of starter health. What was something that took you the longest to master when you were learning to bake uh, natural 11 breads? Um, I don't know that I've mastered any of it, but, uh, I disagree. (laughs) Um, I'd say, I'd say getting really good at, at, at shaping took, took mm. quite some time to mm. get used to as you get into the, cause you want, you, you don't necessarily want a watery dough, but you know, you, it's nice to have a very well hydrated dough and that takes a little bit more savvy and shaping well. So, mm-hmm. which is fun, <laughs> but uh, a challenge at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'll tell you about that later about uh, my, my experience with your. I just used your shaping video last night, but um, before we jump over to kind of that that topic of conversation, there's a couple more questions I, I had for you about your bakery, and and okay. um, we'll, we'll get moving. But uh, when you started your micro bakery uh, back in 2015, um, a question from the P and the C listener question, he asks, um, "What was your most?" Uh, forefront fear or concern um when you started that whole endeavor was there something that kind of held you back from moving forward or were you just kind of like guns a blazing going into this micro i think going into the cottage food thing i was pretty guns a blazing and i feel like i've got the (laughs) the fears that he's talking about as the, the the next step that i'm like i've been sitting on limbo here for years now on whether i get into a commercial space or not okay yeah so yeah, I don't know. Once the Rothko thing was coming and I borrowed the money and I already had people kind of come in to get me my bread out of the oven that I was, you know, I was baking out of a, well, I was baking out of the home oven that I told you, I, you know, put stones in, I could bake four loaves of bread at a time. And, mm. and then I make like Volkenbrot and have like maybe 30 pieces of bread to sell. And then mm. my buddy built a wood fired oven and I started baking in that and I was able to bake more. Mm. And uh, he built a really nice wood fired oven and found a way to incorporate steam that worked really, really well. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen yeah. pictures of your uh, wood fired <laughs> oven. It's a, it's a beauty. Giorgio. Yes. Beautiful oven. My buddy Mike built it. It's how we, he met because I posted on Craigslist once when I was trading, you know, making small bakes of bread and trading, mm-hmm. I posted a li- picture of my sourdough and he's been a, you know, novice baker for years. So he got in touch and we've been really good friends ever since. So mm-hmm. He's like my maintenance man, basically. Yeah. I trade him all, him and his family get bread from me. And when I need help with the fixing machinery and the such. So here's a bunch of the tips of yeah. a baker. Make friends. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's definitely, yeah. The more uh, links you ha- you know, networks you have. Yeah, sharing. Community, so. Yeah. For sure. Um, what was I going to say? Yeah, I feel like, you know, Maybe that's, you know, an advantage someone who's already been in the industry as a baker for years has compared to someone who kind of started the, you know, as a novice or at home, you know, it's like you already have that kind of identity uh, connected to being a baker. Whereas someone like me, you know, there is a lot of, you know, trepidation about like, okay, am I I really going to do this? You know, am I really going to like call myself a baker here and and, and start... uh, selling bread out of my house and uh yeah it's just kind of like uh, 
maybe a mental uh, hurdle for for non bakers to, to to take. Whereas for you, like you said, it's it's more of like you know when am I you know t- take the next step? Let's and, do this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I guess along those lines, um, what's what are your long term uh, dreams for Fox uh, Josh Fox Bread? And uh, like, well, where, do you, where do you see yourself in like five to 10 years, maybe? Well, if, if California didn't have a, a very low limit on their cottage food uh, mm-hmm. makings, mm-hmm. Uh, I would love to buy a home and keep doing what I was doing forever because I, because, because that's perfect. Mm. But uh, I'm also, I've been t- tinkering with the idea of a commercial space. Um, I never want to make a lot of bread though. I'm not really interested in, doing mass production of bread, which is what a lot of bakeries need to do. Yeah. So I'd probably incorporate uh, pizza and, and food and pastry opposed to making tons and tons of bread, just kind of follow following with this model yeah. into a, okay. into another place with some more stuff basically. Mm-hmm. Is there like a, um, I'm curious, is there like a, a bakery model you kind of have out there or, or uh, some, someone who's like influenced you in a way um uh there's i've had a lot of influences of of bakers uh but there's i don't know if there's a model for what i wish yeah. i could do sometimes i don't even know if it if it would work or if it you know if it exists i'm sure it does somewhere <laughs> uh-huh. or just like uh i don't know the mixed bistros i'm sure we've been to them okay. everywhere the yeah. places that offer a little a little of everything mm-hmm yeah, no, I mean, I, I'd go sign me up, you know. I'd, <laughs> I, I'd drop in for sure. Have some pizza and some. Yeah, well, well I Josh, think pizza is the Fox thing. I, I'm very into pizza, so mm-hmm. I think I'd, I'd like to make pizza. Pretzels and donuts, man. Yeah, I mean, who donuts uh, are new, man? Who Those wouldn't be interested even, they in that? Even that good. <laughs> I well, they, they looked them. amazing. I'm learning them, they look they, they're okay. Yeah. So it's a new project. Well, okay, let's uh, maybe you could tell me a little bit more about your influences. I, I always like to talk about kind of like our, our sourdough community and, and kind of maybe your, your local community. But, you know, you've always been someone who I've seen as like a very generous person with your knowledge and, and kind of, you know, we're in like a time of, of hoarding, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, you're kind of someone who's out there giving advice and tips and, and um, you know, I, I love how you post your menus, like, as I said, and you can name the bread and name the ingredients and often with like percentages and process notes and uh, yeah, sometimes yeah. I don't know if people understand <laughs> <laughs> well you know it's it's really insightful for me and especially as a new cottage baker and um for example you know like last night I, you know I'm, I'm sitting there I'm just like man I I my shaping is so inconsistent and so I was like I was kind of prepping for this interview and I, I was looking at your Facebook and uh, saw some videos and so yeah I watched that probably you know a few dozen times and, I, and then it really worked out for me, you know, just kind of that uh, tuck, tuck, you know, thumb <laughs> twist and, you know. The, the finish at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was probably the hardest part. But, um, you know, I dropped my hydration a little bit. That probably helped. But, you know, in addition to like that, you know, I also I set my refrigerator to 42 degrees Fahrenheit. That's nice. like you had done. And, uh, oh, and I think you'll like this one. I, I have requested that my customers give me an ETA for pickup today. <laughs> Cause yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Soon you'll want to know when they're coming. Well, it, I think it was really helpful because it just kind of gave them like, Oh, a heads up. Like, Oh, by the way, today's bread day. If in case you forgot. And, uh, exactly. That's what I, the reason I do it. They're like, why do you want to know? <laughs> that was like, 
stuff. I was like, that is genius. Lancer, they're, they're coming between four and six. I'm like, yeah, I know you're coming between four and six, but when are you going to be here so I can tell you when you're late? Yeah. Because no. people aren't used to it. You know, they're used to going to the store. Yeah. No, no. I was just like, that is a, a genius move. <laughs> and uh, it just, because I've had a lot of people just like, oh, I totally forgot it's bread day today. Exactly. You know, so I was like, oh, by the way, give me an ETA. And, you know, if, I don't care if they're like, they get here at four thirty, and it's they said four fifteen. It's more of just sure. Like a that's reminder. perfect. But anyway, yeah, so all that all that to say, you know, like I, I've gotten a lot of uh, uh, value out of kind of. Uh, I, I once wanted model. to offer a a a um, to people if they wanted uh, consulting on on building a cottage food bakery for new cottage food bakers that might. Yeah. I, I just didn't know how to approach it, but I was like, maybe I could show them how to like organize it. Mm-hmm. So, but I've never done it. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I've talked about that with um, Jeff McCarthy, you know, like, that's something he's also interested, uh, bread service guy. Okay, Um, cool. You know, and that's just, you know, I think that's something that like our, our little community of cottage bakers, like that's, they see that as something people uh, want out there and value and like, and can they they could provide, you know, as like advice for. Well, it happens on a commercial level, too. Bakeries yeah, yeah, there you go. Pay large bakeries to basically mm-hmm. say, show us how to set up a program for bread, and then they open a different bakery and a different name. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's not, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's next? Uh, well, um, yeah, no, no. I mean, we kind of, you kind of touched on it for a second there, um, oh. as far as like the kind of business model you're you're striving for, but you know, you'd kind of. I guess I wanted to know maybe who some of your influence. Oh, my inspirations. That's right. Yeah. Well, have been when I when I when I started getting into the you know I stumbled upon Dave Miller when he was getting mm-hmm. quite popular mm. because he had an oven that I was interested in and I went out to visit him to to see the oven because he said I can come check. You know, the company that was selling the oven told me he had one and he wasn't far away and he'd probably be fine with me. You know, go and look at it. It was wood. You know, it's a it's a deck oven with steam injection, but it's also wood fired, which is what we were. It was an old project that never came together, but this was mm. the oven I was looking at. And, uh, his breads were, uh, terrible, terrible, like, uh, inspiration to me because I was like, Whoa, whole grain bread. That is just, uh, it's still some of the best bread I've eaten uh, to, to, to date. And it's all whole grain wow. with the exception. I think one loaf he made, he, he made with white bread, but I mm. took a whole bunch of it with me. We stopped in, uh, we did basically a bread tour yeah. of California and yeah. uh, he was, he was, he was huge, obviously Tartine, but I got onto the Tartine uh, when they put out their, their third book or with the whole grains, which really turned me on to, mm. I thought that was a fantastic book, which really turned me into a whole bunch of the ideas with the porridge breads and such. Yeah. Um, backdoor bread, Jim, I've been following him on Instagram of his breads. Uh, another guy doing yeah. the fresh milled whole grain beautiful stuff and then there's mm-hmm. a, there's a slew of you others honestly lately more of the people that i start following are are, are little cottage bakers like bonnie bonnie's an insp- i love bonnie you know and mm-hmm. or maurizio yeah i enjoy um watching his feed and uh yeah i don't know there's so many on instagram i can't i don't know who to, who to list but there's it, it's a beautiful place you, you saw my feed <laughs> more and more people are joining our the ranks every day and uh I mean, nowadays, even just like just everybody's like at home and they're like, hey, I'm going to start baking sourdough bread. And and a lot of questions come to me. And, and those are a lot of the same people that I, I, I point people towards. So, yeah, a lot of a lot of inspiration out there. 
yes, I point to people at Bonnie's book and, and Maurizio's website for, for guidance all the time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Likewise. They're better teachers than I am. <laughs> um, let me see here. Uh, talking about my shaping and, and, uh, just becoming a better baker and, and how your focus really is on flavor, you know, and, and versus the, the Instagram perfect uh, picture, obviously. Sure. Um, flavor being king, first and foremost. Uh, I know that comes down to ingredients, really. And uh, so I'm curious, like, what your local uh, grain economy is like there in Arcata? Uh, we have some local wheat and uh, the rye. I don't know if the rye is actually humble. It might be. Um, Another local bakery uses a lot of it. I, I was using it for a bit, but it's uh, not economical for me. It, I had to travel pretty far, not far, but the, the amount of time for the amount of it that I could buy and store at my house was just, it didn't make any sense to keep doing it. I did it for the first year and I just couldn't keep up with it. In the mm -hmm. future, if I had a bigger place in storage, I'd definitely uh, take advantage of some of their, their grains a bit more. But uh, I, I use central milling for a lot of my stuff and they yeah. one of their wheat berries is a California grown yakura which i've been using since they had it um th that's where most of my stuff comes from though is uh, central milling okay not any, but now with the covid i'm kind of yeah actually working i've been working with like <laughs> i've been having to buy different flour and, and man kind of yeah it's crazy yeah i've uh also been scrambling here and <laughs> bonnie bonnie's got uh a lot of connections in the Bay Area, and she's been driving out there, and she's been nice enough to like drop a, br a, nice. a bag off on my porch from time to time. So nice, yeah. It's she's very it's too far for me. Yeah, no, it's too far for me too. I, you know, it's about uh, an hour and a half, two hours. You know, to get different places in the Bay Area. So for sure. Um, talking about the Instagram community, what uh, what role has that kind of played in your journey of the last? four years, five years. It's like my business platform. Totally. <laughs> I mean, I didn't realize that Facebook and Instagram would essentially be how I could connect and, and sell what I was making, but it's, it's, I mean, everyone's, it's being done all over the place on so many different levels, mm -hmm. but that's basically what it's doing for me. It's a way for me to show people what I have tomorrow. And yeah, if they want to come get it, here's how you come get it. Mm -hmm. So I used to put everyone on my text list. Mm -hmm. but then my text list got so long and the apps to do group text just don't work. So at some point I kind of sort of removed the text list. There's still some people on it um, that are, if you order very, very regularly, I'll allow you, I, I'll, I'll put you onto my text list. That's <laughs> the VIPs. Yeah, I guess, I guess so. It's what you get for being a very, if you're going to be a very regular customer, I can add you or if you just, some people are just adamantly against using social networking. Yeah. So if they won't do it, then, then I'll offer to put them on my text list. So no, I, but that's, it's a lot of work. that's funny. It's, it's almost been my exact experience in the short time that I've been doing this is started with a text message chain had a lot of trouble finding ways to like send group texts with my iPhone because there's just not really an option. There's uh, bad apps that don't do it right. Yeah. And then now I'm just like Instagram. It's just Instagram. Like if, if you're going to be one of my customers and you're going to be a regular, like just stay up to date on like my postings. And, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, and send me a message via Instagram. If you're at my front porch, send me a, a message on Instagram. Like <laughs> that's just, <laughs> that's kind of the point, you know, like again, I'm not like, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, yes. I, yeah. It's, it's a great beautiful. tool. It's a great tool. It's, I like Instagram. It's a, it's the, 
improved version of, of, of Facebook, in my opinion. I totally agree. Totally agree. Um, well, you know, I, we're, to wrap it up here, we're, we're kind of closing yes. in on our hour. You got an early morning. Um, I do. We got to turn the I, oven on soon. <laughs> wow, that's a long uh, warm up. Yep. What time do you start baking? Four. Four? Wow. And you start at the oven at what time? I'll turn it on at 10. Oh, wow. 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 Get it hot. Yeah, that'll be nice. And it, warm the house there, up. It sits idle. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how much your bills go up, but I'm used to a yeah. It's not uh, too bad. All right. Well, maybe maybe <laughs> I'll leave you with this question. Um, and you know, I think it's something a lot of people would love to hear from my guests uh, in general. But uh, you know, if you could give advice to someone considering taking the leap to a cottage bakery or if there's something you know you could do over again uh what would that be oh man leave you leave you with a stumper yeah that's the stumper (laughs) if i could redo something if you've got a product that i think you should test the product out and see if you can sell it before you even necessarily enter it all the way you can build some you can get your license if you want but don't don't invest too much see if you've mm-hmm. got something that's got some traction and if it does go with it but be mm-hmm. you know run with it people want stuff people want to buy from the maker so if you can make something that people want then 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 give it to them yeah yeah no that's good advice that's good advice good i that's something bonnie actually told me when i was getting started with you know just keep it simple, you know, like your first year for sure, you know, like don't, you know, especially the way that our cottage bakery laws are here in our county is like, you've got to submit all the recipes of anything you would possibly want to bake this year. Oh, uh, really? Before you, yeah, uh, get your license. And so okay, to get it all approved. And so I'm like, sure, oh, sure. should I come up with like 20 recipes or 15 recipes? And she's like, just, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, of all 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 these things I've never baked before, but just I, I might want to bake them. She's like, no, yeah, just keep it simple. You know, do like one or two or three recipes, and and something that you know that will people are into, and and uh, and uh, keep you know keep it simple. So yeah, no, that's I think that's really good advice. And um, your customers will dictate what they want over time, and then yeah, make them what make them those things that you enjoy making that they tell you they want basically <laughs> yeah. a lot of them tell me to make uh, I don't know I, some things that I don't want to make I'm like eh but then they're like make pizza I'm like I wish well, soon <laughs> one day yeah 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 that's you know way off limits you know that could that, yes yes you know, yes only for the, the the real professionals can can handle pizza <laughs> uh, <laughs> serving I, yeah, I, serving pizza to the public yeah um, well yeah because it's so yeah it's just bread right yeah it's just bread um well yeah keep it simple keep it you know gr- organic growth you know if, if there's something people are slow really, and steady yeah no that's, that's fast cool. growth is the thing that kills all kills most small, small businesses they they run too fast mm. So you just know. go slow, see where you get. Well, that's good. That's good advice, Josh. And I <laughs> think that's a good, good question to leave it on. Um, thanks so much for your time. What, what's, you know, what are ways people can connect with you? And, and if they want to, uh, if they're in the area, how can they find your bread and um, find you on a, was it Tuesday, Friday, you said? Tuesday, Friday pickups. Usually if people are coming through town and they want something, I'll, I'll make it happen for them. I'd say just find me on Instagram. That's your easiest. I'm there all the time. That's your best way of, 
finding me real quick, but if you really want to send me an email, it's joshboxbread at hotmail.com. Got so, it. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll post some links up on my webpage and um, looking forward to sharing this conversation with everybody. When are you, uh, when are you coming down to the Central Valley to, to <laughs> hang out with me and Bonnie? <laughs> I want you so bad. Um, I told Bonnie as soon as this, we, 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 we need to meet. I told Bonnie as soon as this mess is over, it's time to meet. So. But I don't know when this. There, I don't know when this is going to end. <laughs> well, I'm gonna. I'll. I'll invite myself. Tag along, and uh, you should. You should. She might come up here. It could all be. It could become some sort of killer road trip. So. I think there's going to be a lot of people taking lots of road trips once this is all over. <laughs> yeah, once it's over. Yeah, there's going to be. I feel like there's going to be like Mass a giant exodus. hugging party in Ontario. <laughs> yeah. No. Totally. Yeah, like a downtown plaza. Everyone getting together just to hug. Yeah. You know it's. Gonna be <laughs> It was nice talking, Mike. Hey, Josh, thank you so much. I've, I've enjoyed speaking with you so much, and it's been uh, been a pleasure. So thank you so much. Yeah, yeah, talk to you soon. If you feel like you've been inspired by the Sourdough Podcast, please consider supporting it by visiting thesourdoughpodcast.com and clicking on the Donate button in the top right corner. Another way to help the podcast grow is by being sure to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes. Additionally, another easy thing you could do is to take a screenshot. Right now, I even give you permission to pause the podcast. So go ahead and share it on Instagram and be sure to tag me. I love resharing your posts. And of course, it's super helpful in sharing the podcast with others. Until next time, please enjoy one of my all-time favorite songs from Weston Perry entitled Table, originally airing after my interview with Don Guerra of Barrio Bread, November 23rd, 2018. There are things that are stable So steady and sure Like a strong dining table That's weathered and warm Would you dine in my table If I asked you to Come over, cause I love having people here right now I'm asking you So come over Come over soon Come over Oh
Some things are so stable, so steady and sure, like a strong dining table, the weathered and worn. Won't you dine in my table if I ask you to? Come on.